<laughs> testing, testing, one, two, three. Welcome back to Spillin' Diz Tea. I'm Sakura. And I'm Brayden. And today we're talking... Luca! Luca! Stay tuned as we dive into Pixar's latest animated story. Hey everybody, welcome back to Spill and Dis Tea. This is the podcast where we sip and spill on all things Disney. If this is your first time listening to us, welcome. Grab yourself a cup of tea and get ready to dive in with us into the magical world of Disney. Well, here we are. We're back. Had a little bit of a summer hiatus. Yeah, you know, we were just vibing. Enjoying the summer. Yeah. It's like things were starting to like open up again and like we're finding ourselves outside more, seeing more people, family and friends, and just enjoying our time. But now since it's getting colder again. <laughs> we return to you. We return. <laughs> no, They're okay, like, no, well, well, look who no, came crawling. Of back. course not. But on a real note, though, we're in September now. That's yeah. insane. Like the summer literally just came so quickly disappeared before our eyes and now like falls approaching so quickly but i'm not mad at it yeah i always like am very reluctant every time autumn rolls around but um i think it's best to just go with it and accept it and that's how you can enjoy it so yeah just you know trying to manifest like an awesome autumn and or fall and um, <laughs> i don't know i just <laughs> wanted to use autumn yeah, just to be bougie but <laughs> Bougie people say autumn and not fall. Yeah. <laughs> At least we've got like a lot of stuff coming this fall for Disney. Yes. A lot of stuff. From like now until the end of the year, there's like a lot coming up on the plate. And like they we've even started. Like we've been really diving in, in the summer and just like things are gonna pick up so much more in the fall. Which I'm happy to see, like, especially things being back in theaters and all that jazz. You know, we're about to get into it. Yeah, it's just like so cool to see like things get back to normal. Yeah, it's and, nice. Like, that, it's nice that there's like a box office again. Yeah. Um, and that there's like a you know a summer, fall, winter movie season again. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm super excited, and hopefully, fingers crossed, we can actually see some of these movies in theaters and not push back. Yeah. Okay, so why don't we get into some tea time? Let's do We've it. We've got some cool stuff. We got some some movie movie stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's it we got some movie stuff some so movie let's stuff. just get into the movie i stuff. love movie stuff <laughs> so shang chi just opened this past weekend it's marvel's latest superhero film Woo-hoo! um we haven't gotten one since black widow and similarly to black widow it opened um around the same so it opened with 75.4 million dollars um domestically over the three-day opening weekend Mm -hmm. um black widow made 80 million in its opening weekend back in july but the difference is that shang chi was a theatrical only release whereas black widow was infamously a theatrical release and a simultaneous disney plus premiere access release yeah so because of that um black widow has an additional well we don't really know because disney doesn't release the numbers but disney did release that it made about 60 million dollars i think when the lawsuit um you know don't quote me on this stuff (laughs) but um i'm pretty sure when like the lawsuit came out that's something that they dropped 
Let's start there. Yeah. Um, that's like pretty big for, I mean, for the lawsuit because the movie essentially did the same regardless of the Disney Plus. Um, so what are your thoughts? I, first of all, I didn't even realize that Shang-Chi wasn't even on Disney Premier Access. Okay. And it's it's funny because like I remember like talking to some of my friends about like the movie coming out and they're like, yeah, like I'm just going to like, I'll just like get it on Premier Access. So first thing I thought was interesting is that people are now assuming that these releases are coming out on Premiere Access. Mm -hmm. And another thing I thought was interesting is that people also thought that Shang-Chi was a worthy enough movie to get from Premiere Access. So I just thought, I guess it's just like so complicating the way that everything has turned out with the whole Black Widow, ScarJo situation. And I know Disney's probably trying their best to like not, you know, cross any blurred lines again because... Scarlet's probably milking them for a lot of money right now. Mm -hmm. Considering it was just opening weekend box office, like, did well. Honestly, too, like, yeah, it did really well. Um, and I was, I'm happy for it because there's a lot riding on this. Like, yeah. um, we have Spider Man Far From Home, which is supposed to come out in December, and there's rumors that it's going to be pushed back because that trailer wasn't even supposed to come out. It was yeah. leaked, I think. So they kind of just like obligated, they were, they felt obligated to release it, so they did. Obviously, as a consumer, I'm praying that these movies don't get pushed back. But then again, maybe they need the time. Yeah. Maybe they need some extra room to work on themselves. But I think Shang-Chi is a win for sure. Like, this is a solid opening weekend, especially in the pandemic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, just like with the theaters, like, reopened and everything. It's just, like, interesting to see that a lot of other people that I'm, like, seeing online and like people in my close circles that are like going to the theaters to like go out and watch the movies whereas when black widow came out people were still a little bit more apprehensive mm -hmm. and i guess either people are just now more comfortable i mean like obviously in the summer as the summer rolls out like people get more comfortable and like you've been going out and like so and so forth so it could be because of that or maybe people just really want to see shang chi I mean, I think a lot of people were sort of underwhelmed with Black Widow. That seems to be like what the general reception was. Yeah. So maybe a lot of people were like hotly anticipating this. I think it only made 80 million because of its high anticipation. Yeah. You know, the movie itself was good. Mm -hmm. Was it Black amazing? Widow? Black Widow. Oh, okay. Was it amazing? I mean, no, I definitely, no. I take Shang-Chi over Black Widow for sure. Yeah. Shang-Chi was great. Yeah. Great, great, great. My other thing, though, is I'm like, since these opening weekends are almost identical, um, especially concerning the fact that Shang-Chi is a new superhero mm -hmm. with a relatively, like, unknown actor. Like, Simu Liu is, like, relatively new on the scene. Mississauga represent! 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 He was awesome in the movie. I loved him. So good. Compared to Black Widow, which was, like, kind of... This is a character that we've been... We've known, we've known for a decade now. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that movie kind of has higher box office expectations than exactly. Shang-Chi. So I feel like I'm an unbiased, you know, participant, obviously, in this whole ScarJo lawsuit. I just think it's fascinating to yeah. study. But I think Disney has a strong case against her because Shang-Chi made almost the same amount as Black Widow did. And I think also going forward, like Disney, they're probably going to see how their next couple of releases do. But I think, like you said, people were already expecting it to be on Disney Plus yeah. as Premier Access. So I wonder if that's something they're going to bring back. Because yeah. um, Bob Chapek said that it's not gone forever. I'm just wondering, like, 
maybe Disney is not going to apply it to their Marvel features. It may just be maybe. strictly for their Disney titles. Because, mm-hmm. like, they're not even really Pixaring it. So it might just be, like, Disney Presents titles. Maybe. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely... I think we're, we're going to see more and more of... For the, for the next couple of months, maybe next year, for sure, movies are going to have, like, kind of random release strategies, I think. Yeah. As they try to figure out which ways are more profitable, but also, like, don't give them bad PR, you know? And I'll be very curious to see how Shang-Chi does in the next coming weeks at the box office and yeah. how that affects uh, the future slate of the I MCU. think Shang-Chi is going to be, even though it started off pretty well, I think it's going to be a grower in the sense where it's going to get really, really big. Mm-hmm. It's a really good movie. Yeah. I can't wait to talk about it on the podcast. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> honestly, it, I was going to say it's one of those that I'm like, I want to like deep dive into it. Yeah. And it's like, honestly, every scene, it's like a little mini review. Just like every scene <laughs> from the beginning, it just like has you so like you're involved. You like want to know what happens in the story. Like I can't say every Marvel movie Ha- pulls you in from beginning to finish mm-hmm. you know and just like unexpected how the way things turned out so or not that it was unexpected but just not like a story that we've seen or that we were really expecting yeah and it's yeah. really cool really really cool love the use of the characters love it all i'm super excited to see where that goes and mm-hmm. shang chi is our first like brand new superhero of the first phase of phase four yeah yeah that's correct yeah so yeah. that's cool that's yeah. big it's always exciting to get new characters mm-hmm. it's always exciting this is I also love come up stories i love seeing their the ogs when they're when they're still like people living their lives and then they have to like run into some evil somewhere and then all of a sudden there's i love that i love that yeah <laughs> <laughs> sorry my mag came out <laughs> this is sort of like a mini rant or tangent but like I, I or it's not a rant this is like a mini thing that just popped in my head but do you think because so for instance like shang chi like i'm really like anticipating watching it again like i can't wait to watch it again yeah um i probably won't go back to theaters um we can get into our theater experiences after this i wonder because it's not on premiere access if that like creates a sense of because we have access to other films like black widow after we watched it we have immediate access to watch it again yeah and i feel like that takes away some of the value from the movie um whereas these theatrical films um you know you see them and it's like wow like you're you're thinking about it and i, I just can't get enough of it and yeah I, like i was kind of thinking about that a little bit too and i thought that like it's interesting because like I've watched Shang-Chi now and I want to watch it again, but the only way I'm going to be able to see it again is if I go back to theaters. Do I really want to go back to theaters again? Not really. I'd be super down to watch it at home now. Yeah. You know? And now it's like, now that, you know, the ability of it being on Disney Plus isn't there anymore. It's like, hmm, now it's like, you've given me something that, you know, I'm like kind of expected in my like day-to-day living now. And it's like, you know, I wonder what other consumers feel feel in terms of that too because like honestly like being in the theaters um i can say wholeheartedly that there's like there's nothing like it i feel like movies are meant to be shown on the big screen that is how you're supposed to watch a film Mm -hmm. and then you take it home later so i feel like your first screening your first two whatever whoever you are however you want to watch films whatever 
should definitely be on a film, but like on, or on a big screen. But afterwards, like I'm ready to watch it home now. I already got my experience and I'm, I can go like analyze it on my laptop now, you know, mm-hmm. now for Shang-Chi, when, when, when do I got to wait? The thing that they might do though, is they might have a faster turnover time of putting it onto Disney plus. Yeah. I think that's probably what's going to happen. And I think I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they, when they put on Disney plus after if there's a premier access charge, um, but I do you hope. You think? I, yeah, I wouldn't Thief. be surprised. Thieves. But Thieves. I, I would hope that it wouldn't be as high. I'd be pissed. Well, I hope it wouldn't be as high because then it would be available in other formats. I'm assuming. Yeah. Um. So like, I'm not gonna pay like thirty five dollars if I can like, you know, rent it on iTunes or find yeah. a stream of it. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. Should we enter a theatrical experience? Just a little bit? Sure. I mean, I talked about mine a little bit, so you can just, like, dive in how you felt. Yeah. Well, like, so I've seen two movies in theaters since the pandemic. So the first one was Jungle Cruise. Uh, When I saw Jungle Cruise, we were in one of the theaters with, like, the reclining seat. How dare you? Yeah, so Jungle Cruise was the first movie I saw, and that was one of the theaters with, like, the reclining seats. Um, So it just, like, genuinely felt more spaced out. Um, And I feel like the theater wasn't as packed as when we saw Shang-Chi, which was kind of like your regular movie seats. Um, When I saw Black Widow in theaters, it was like there were like 12 people in this giant theater and like everyone had their masks on. It seemed super like but also like I feel like it was a point where theaters were just opening up again. So I don't know. I think we need to go to like a matinee next time or like just like in the week at some point. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, a little bit of, like, weirdness that we're noticing with the Disney parks. Mm-hmm. Um, they're disrespecting our girl Raya a little bit. Because, you know, Raya's been out since March now. And she has no, like, she doesn't exist in any of these parks. You know, there's we haven't heard of any plans for her um, to show up as a character for Sisu. I don't know if we've heard of any, like like attractions or rides i i haven't i don't know if you have but like i just feel like ryan the last dragon is like super in the dark as a franchise for like disney in the parks um and now disneyland paris has announced that mirabelle the new lead in Encanto, which will be out in november will be starting to make appearances in the park and it's like oh but what about like your characters that already exist and mm-hmm. that you're trying to sell merch for. I'm just a little bit confused as to why we're just skipping over our homegirl Raya and like nothing against Mirabelle. Like I, you come into the parks too, girl, but yeah. just like, why are we just, why doesn't Raya get the key? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we're a little confused by that. Like I'm amped to see Mirabelle come to the parks, but I feel like it's just like, it's a thing like the newest Disney animated characters usually show up and especially the newest animated princess usually shows up like before her movie comes out because they want to market it. And it's like, I mean, I guess I feel like when Raya, I guess I kind of forgot, but when Raya came out, like, you know, it's, it's pandemic situation. So it's harder, but they still have characters. Yeah. Um, like their characters are still like meeting and, and like from a distance and they're in parades. And I feel like you could totally, they debuted Shang-Chi at, um, <laughs> at Avengers Campus. So I'm like, you can totally debut. Yeah. Raya, sorry, I just kind of like thought myself through that situation. Yeah, but... I just think it's really odd that like they haven't already, or there haven't like released any plans considering like 
this huge push that they've been like doing for trying to promote her as a princess. Mm-hmm. So like, like we haven't even we don't even know like what kind of like role Mirabelle is going to be playing in the Disney universe. You know, she could be a hero type character. Yeah, and I mean, like, watch. Like, I, I, I don't want to, like, say it in, in fear that it's going to happen, but I feel like Disney is going to, like, Mulan Mirabelle and make her, like, an official princess, and then Raya is just going to be, like, chilling. That, yeah. But it's, like, there's so much potential, and I feel like the movie... I mean, like, I I guess I honestly think but... that Raya just came out at the wrong time. I think yeah. the timing was really bad. It's kind of like when you post an instagram at the wrong time and the algorithm just just isn't there at that time yeah (laughs) honestly i think that's what it is because rye is a great movie i just think the exposure wasn't there they did a lot of like trying to play catch up but like unless they do a re-release it's like hard to like jump start that like that need that pushing at the beginning to like really like get a movie like you can snowball a movie sure but like for a brand new princess like Usually the formula is that they're boom from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And like the last one that we saw that wasn't boom from the beginning was Mulan, who took forever to like reclaim her glory. Yeah. Yeah. Mulan took a while to for people to like really respect. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess like I feel like Rai is going to be one of those like slow burns, but like a slow burn, <laughs> like a slow like burn. A- a decade slow burn but it, i think it's doing pretty well on streaming so it might be just like one of those that just does better that way um but it, i feel like that doesn't make up for the fact that yeah disney's not pushing it yeah. um at all um in any of their like quadrants like they're they're not pushing at the parks really like i guess like there's merchandise but yeah like i mean yeah. i guess they can't really do parades at the moment but i know like when moana came out there was like even like a little parade in like disneyland paris they could do a cavalcade for raya guys like they could <laughs> disney doesn't want to put the money into it so maybe that's it but that's they're, probably they're, it. they're, they're struggling on they're like if we make raya we have to make sisu and they have no idea how <laughs> to like, make sisu yet they, they can't afford the <laughs> the sisu costume yet I feel like they could just like give us a human sisu if they wanted to. You I, think? And then they could like feature like I don't know if dragon they could do sisu that. in like a stage show when they can do those in the future. I feel like human sisu is there for like twenty minutes. I mean, like I guess, but I mean, like I feel like to be honest, Rai is probably like the main like it's kind of like Moana. Like I feel like you don't need Maui with her, you know? Like yeah. I feel like you just need Raya. And now jumping from the two most. Um, well, one is forthcoming, but the two most recent Disney animated films to the next Disney animated film, which will be apparently Search Your Clade? Question mark? <laughs> the question mark. Um, so this is the name that was apparently trademarked, um, as well as the name Ethan Clade and Captain Calypso Khan. <laughs> so that's cool. Um, and this is the film that's um, supposed to be directed by Don Hall and written by um queen nuyen yeah what are our thoughts i mean this doesn't really say anything yeah well this is the film that like we had found out a little bit ago was going to be starring uh the biracial lead Mm -hmm. so that now it's cool to like kind of have like a little bit of more of a concept to it well we don't know if we really have a concept we have trademarked names but you know after you know a little bit of 
discussion on what we think is a little bit of a silly name. I don't know. Maybe this is like a super like sick name and we just don't understand it yet. Mm -hmm. But Searcher Clade. (laughs) When I think Searcher, I'm like like a a detective, Mm -hmm. someone who's looking for something, a searcher. Like, why wouldn't it be like Detective Detective Clade, like Sleuth Clade, like... Sleuth Clade. I don't know it's better than Searcher Clade. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even know Searcher was a word. <laughs> Honestly, like, I'm getting the What's vibe. What's your title? Oh, I'm a Searcher. I'm a Searcher. <laughs> searcher so, Breeden. I don't know. I kind of hope that name changes because, like, the name Searcher Clade is giving me, like, that film belongs in the mid-2000s. Yeah, it's a very, like... It just feels off. Yeah. It's not a marketable name. And I'm, like, pretty sure it's, like, definitely not a musical. But, like, the name um, Captain Calypso Khan just gives me, like, Central American vibes. Because, like, Calypso yeah. and, like, water. So I'm, like, maybe, like, pirate. Like, pirate treasure. But I'm, like, I mean, we've seen, uh, like, I guess Disney can try to make pirates cool in their animated form. But I thought they were already kind of doing that with Pirates of the Caribbean. You think it'd be a pirate movie? That's just, like, my guess at this point. I could totally be wrong. It could be, like, a detective movie, like, up your... Yeah, um, but, like, alley. I kind of see, like, the the correlation between, like, searching for, like, treasure for some reason. Right? I kind of hope it's, like, a period piece of sorts. Like, I don't want it to be one of those, like, movies where, like, the kid, like, whips out an iPhone and, like, <laughs> is listening to, like, you know, like... Not, like, I'm getting hero vibes from Ethan Clade. I mean, honestly, Big Hero 6, when I first heard of that, um, before, like, I saw anything from it way back, um, I was like, this does not seem Disney. And I ended up, like, liking that quite a bit, so. Yeah, uh, well, the concept seemed cool. Mm-hmm. Well, all, all we really got from, like, their first look was, like, San Francisco. Yeah, it's true. It was literally just, That's like, the trolley. That's all it was. Yeah. That's literally all it was. But that was cool enough on its own. Yeah. I mean, I guess, Who yeah. Who knows? Maybe when we start to see some, like, visuals, it might, like, tie some things into, like, place. Maybe they'll change the name. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, like, when we get, like, an official look that's not a... Yeah. That's, that's not a, <laughs> a copywritten trademark. <laughs> that's not Disney fans being psychotic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, whoever, like, dug this up, applaud you. That's awesome. Kudos to you. Yeah. Like, I'm hyped, so there's yeah. an audience for it. Keep doing it. <laughs> What's the 2023 musical? Oh my Tell God. us. Tell us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's head into our steep of the day. So our steep of the day is pretty straightforward, but asks a pretty strong and, and opinionated question. Is Pixar as good as it used to be? That is a very popular uh, debate right now, kind of mm. looking at the, what we would call the golden years of Pixar compared to what Pixar has been putting out lately. And has there been a, a decrease in Pixar? If there is, why? Do we disagree? What do you think? As a studio grows and continues to put out more content, um, they're going to change. And... Um, I personally think that um, Pixar has definitely put out some films that maybe aren't my favorites, 
Um, but that doesn't take away from the films that they do put out that are amazing. I think like a really important thing to ask is who is the audience? Who is Pixar's audience? And who is making this claim is Pixar as good as it used to be? It's us, so, right? Yeah, because I think a lot of people have an have a nostalgic attachment to the films of the quote-unquote golden years, mm -hmm. which, if you don't know, that's, I guess, anything before Toy Story 3, like 2010 back to 1995 is the time frame we're looking at. Those are like, you know, the untouchable, like, Pixar films for many people. And I think, like, it's sort of the same way that it's hard to compare a film from the Disney Renaissance compared to a Disney film now for many people, like a new Disney film. It's hard to compare them because that nostalgic um, attachment you have to something is really hard to compete with. Yeah, exactly. That's... And it's valid, too, but I'm, it's very hard. To... Yeah, I think definitely nostalgia is where this, this statement is coming from. Because objectively speaking, I think Pixar's movies are getting better. Mm -hmm. um, because I think their stories are more complex. I think they are taking more risks and they're a little bit more unafraid to tell uh, stories that are a little bit more like complex and intellectual and, and they test grounds that they haven't tested, tested as a studio before. And I think now that they have the, the resources and the capabilities to do that, it's cool to see them doing that. But along the same vein, it's, quote unquote, taking away from the the Pixar magic and feel that they've built in these golden years, which I don't know, personally, I don't even think that's the case. But I, I do see the the difference in how things have changed. But again, like, we're not in 1995 anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, we're in 2021. Of course, things are going to change. We're not going to see the same Pixar that we're going to see. And at the end of the day, Pixar's main target audience is family and children. Sorry, we've grown out of that age bracket now. And as much as we want to attach ourselves to this, and as much as they do still gear their content to draw us in, we're not the main target audience. Mm -hmm. And they're getting the success and the praise from their target audience. So do they really like care? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like, at least how I see it going. I think, honestly, like for me, I think Pixar as a studio, even when they miss, I feel like they still hit for yeah. the most part. Like even their bad stuff, it's still like, there's still always a silver lining to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Onward, for example, it wasn't <laughs> my favorite movie, <laughs> but it's not like horrible. And I still watch it. I still watch it. And I'm, I feel like there's that Pixar magic to it for sure. And yeah. I feel like Pixar always puts that level of detail into their films. But I know a lot of people, this issue came up a like a long time ago when um, this was like, I think after Cars 2 and Brave came out um, and there was like a few more sequels down the pipeline and it's, you know, Pixar's out of ideas, they lost their originality. And I remember sitting there being like, they just put out Inside Out and that movie slapped. Yeah. And then a few years later, they put out Coco. And then a few years later, like... Pixar is continuing to be very consistent. There hasn't really been like a period of time where they were out of the blue or like not giving us what we wanted. I feel like Pixar has a has a great lineup and mm -hmm. they've been just fantastic as a studio. Whereas Disney has been in and out. They have high years, they have low years and that sort of thing. So I just think it's really interesting that like, like why are you coming for Pixar? <laughs> I think Pixar just set the bar so high for themselves that a lot of people 
have just they have such huge expectations yeah which i get but at the same time when i'm watching a new disney animated film i can't walk, go into it expecting it to be the lion king because yeah. not every film is going to be the lion king you know yeah people need to be a little easier on pixar i personally and, and i what, the thing that kind of sparked this question for a steep for me was like watching luca i was like wow this feels like it just felt like a like a like a Pixar like just like a perfect Pixar film it just I don't know what it was about it mm-hmm. but I was watching it and I was like this just feels like Pixar you know yeah and then I was like why are people saying Pixar as good as it used to that, be yeah I don't it's like I, I understand where the statement's coming from mm-hmm. but do I agree not necessarily and the whole thing about Pixar is they're 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 wacky ideas, you know, some more than others. But yeah. like a rat cooking, like that's crazy. And I exactly. think before that movie came out, everyone must have thought they were insane. Yeah. Um, like turning red looks like weird. Like I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. But like we'll see what happens. We'll like see. knowing like that the, the fact that it's Pixar, I'm sure it's gonna be like at least good. You know yeah. what I mean? Like. I think that the trailer alone is good. Yeah. It's intriguing on its own, you know, so. And just because you put out a bad film or two or a film that doesn't resonate with as many people or make as much money doesn't mean that you're done forever, you know? Yeah. Like, every film's a new opportunity. Pixar put out A Bug's Life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And see, A Bug's Life, like, now it's like people, like, it's a classic. They're growers. Yeah. You know? Just because it's not an immediate hit doesn't mean it's... It defines its capabilities and place in the media right now. Yeah. You know? Okay. Let's head into the main discussion. Okay. Let's get into our main topic of the day, Pixar's Luca. So, Pixar's Luca was released on June 18th, 2021, exclusively on Disney+. Plus. We will get into that later. Um, it was released in some overseas markets. Um, currently, its box office total is $23.7 million. Um, it was directed by Enrico Casarosa, who has also directed the short film Luca, which played in front of Brave in 2012. Oh, and another thing is that this film was only announced, it was announced on July 30th, 2020, so less than a year before it came out, which, uh... That's really interesting, like, the turnaround time for the release to, or the the announcement to the release, crazy. One of the fastest that that they usually would do, you know? Yeah, well, because when they announced it, too, it wasn't like, um, sometimes they announce these films with, like, you know, rendered characters already, or rendered whatever, but this was just concept art. Yeah, um, and it was just like trickling through. So it, you know, it felt like it was going to be a long, a long time away. But yeah, but no, it's they. Honestly, I'm not that surprised because like we first had gotten the concept art, but then not too long after we got a poster, and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, they have the poster. I think I think the movie's done or close to being done. You yeah. know, so I know there'd be like no issues meeting this timeline, but just like wow, it just like. Maybe they anticipated announcing Luca sooner than they could, but the pandemic just threw everything off for them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe. Because it just, it just feels like a little bit odd. I don't want to say Luca feels rushed, but it just feels like, oh, like, wow, we got it really fast. Yeah, it was just like a tear. <laughs> yeah. And I think Turning Red's going to be the same. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably. March 2022, that's really, like, not that far out. Yeah. 
I remember being like instantly intrigued um, when I saw the concept art and then, you know, even the little description that we had, I think they said something about sea monsters and I was like lit. Yeah, all I had really gotten from it was sea monsters, Italian Riviera, and two boys. That is all we had to go off of. And that alone was intriguing. Sea monsters alone was intriguing. Mm -hmm. And like, even like exploring Italy. Yeah. That is super cool too. We've never had like an Italian, oh well, no, we have. I was about to say Lady in the Tramp, but no. They well, just, Pinocchio, they, they but not spaghetti. like spaghetti. Really? Yeah, but I mean, it's not like like. Oh, I didn't even death. know that. I guess Geppetto. <laughs> yeah, Geppetto. <laughs> Geppetto. <laughs> it was as good as they could do back then. Yeah. In the 40s. And before we get into like the actual plot and stuff of this film, um, one of the kind of controversial decisions of this film is that it wasn't released in theaters, which it initially was supposed to be, as well as Soul. And like Soul, it was given an exclusive Disney Plus release date. And there are rumors that I don't know how true they are, but I've heard from many sources that I've read about um, that Pixar's a little upset about it. And there's a little issue of, uh, there's an issue of staff morale because of it. Um, so I kind of wanted to talk about that because I personally think this would have been, I mean, obviously considering the circumstances, mm-hmm. um, I understand why it's probably better to do a Disney Plus uh, release, but I could totally see this being a hit in the theaters for sure. Yeah, you know what? That makes a lot of sense to me, or I, or I completely understand and like empathize with all the workers that have created like Soul and um, Luca because they're such fantastic films the plots are great they're directed fantastically the animation is just crazy and like they're getting put straight to disney plus mm-hmm. not even premiere access so they don't even get you know at least the illusion of prestige that comes with being a theatrically released film And honestly, both films could have done very well in Mm -hmm. theaters, but just throwing them on Disney Plus, we've already started to build this kind of stigma and bias around films that are being released directly to streaming platforms that are just there. You know, it's just another movie. It's another accessible movie. Like, that's kind of what we're getting from it. And yeah, Disney has, you know, done, you know, a a bit of marketing to try to hype that up, but it's not the same. And I I see why that would be trickling down in the staff morale because, you know, you're seeing all these other animators for, for, you know, your your partner studios getting all this praise. Like even if they, they, you have to show a little bit of, of, you know, equality, like at least give Luca a theatrical release and put Cruella on Disney Plus for free. I'm sh- I think the other thing too that I noticed on Disney Plus, since they were released exclusively, both Soul and Luca are labeled as Disney Plus originals, which again is sort of like a different branding, like you were saying. Yeah. And but then on the flip side of that, I feel like Soul and Luca got a lot more recognition recognition and like um like fan interaction i guess yeah then raya or cruella did yeah because and i think it's because people aren't buying on premiere access yeah so that's like it's it's the give and take and i i completely understand like where this is coming from from an employee standpoint because at the end of the day they get paid what they get paid you know they don't really care you know whatever but I I feel like 
having these bodies of work be on Disney Plus is giving them more exposure that they wouldn't have gotten that like Raya isn't getting that mm-hmm. I don't like I don't even know how well Cruella is doing right now honestly speaking but it's just I guess it just depends on like what you desire as an artist and and if you feel like your employer is showing you the recognition that you feel like you deserve mhm yeah Get into the actual film itself. <laughs> so I think Luca is so cute. Yeah. I think so it cute. was animated so beautifully. It captures you right from the beginning, that like beginning scene where you see those two Italian men on the boat, and then you get like a little glimpse of of the sea monster that is uh, what's his name? Alberto. Alberto. So like it's just really cool. Like from the get go, you get to see like what these sea monsters are and like what they're about and and what the view of the sea monsters are going into the film. So then we enter the actual film under the sea. Mm-hmm. It's it's giving Finding Nemo. It's giving Ariel. It's giving yeah. <laughs> what else is under the sea? <laughs> it's giving Moana a little Mo- bit. A little Moana, you yeah. know? Yeah. I want to spend more time under the ocean, like I or under the the sea. I'm not gonna lie, I was content. Yeah. With our under the sea action, I don't I know how curious. much more I wanted to see under there. Like, we got to see a little bit of. Well, the main character is Luca. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just like put that out there really quickly. Luca Paguro. Paguro. I didn't know he had a last name like that. Yeah. <laughs> it means hermit crab. Oh, that's so cute. Mm-hmm. It's very fitting. Yeah, so we get to see a little bit of, like, Luca's neighborhood, um, where he lives, his environment. We get to see his home. And I think we're, like, down there enough. Like, I like guess. what more is there to see? Like, we know what the ocean looks like by now. Pixar's explored the ocean before. I assume it's the same ocean that Nemo swam through, if the Pixar theory stands true. So well, this is the Italian Riviera. Yeah, but the ocean is the ocean. Like... <laughs> Nemo did not swim into the Mediterranean Sea. Okay. Well, where did he swim from? He's in Australia. Didn't he he swim from, like, America to Australia? He swam from Australia to America in the sequel, like, to California. (laughs) But that's the Pacific. He just has to cross the Pacific. Wait. (laughs) Okay, wait a minute. Does Nemo and Marlin just live in Australia? They're, like, off the Great Barrier Reef, yeah. Oh yeah. shit. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. So it wasn't that big of an adventure. <laughs> Man, I thought he went across the world. I'm dead. <laughs> he just <laughs> ruined my childhood, I'm my children. <laughs> That's why they all have Australian accents in the movie. I thought we were getting closer to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, well, I guess. I I guess if Nemo only <laughs> Lord Australia. There probably was a lot more going on in the Italian Riviera, or the Italian Riviera. But I get what you mean, though. Like we've seen under the ocean. Before. Yeah, we got to see like, like some of the creatures that like live around there, and I think that's like good enough for me. Yeah. You know. It was. You know, I think um, the only thing that'll be really like super different about the ocean is just the creatures that live there. Yeah. And it looked very Flintstonesy, like their homes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was kind of like, mm, maybe going up there isn't that bad of an idea. Yeah. Um, I love that he has like the fish, like the the oh, goat fish. Giuseppe. 
Giuseppe. Oh my gosh, she's so cute. And like they're of Mona course, Lisa. Yeah, Mona like, Lisa. Why are you smiling? Yeah, so I love that. Honestly, like such a tasteful joke. He just so like it, it. the the moment he pops in to the the moment Luca pops onto screen, you just love him. Like he's yeah. so endearing. Yeah. Um, and he's definitely giving like 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 Arlo but good like Arlo yeah. and like Miguel kind of like yes, I get super Miguel from from Luca. Yeah, for sure. Especially we're gonna get to it, but like when he like runs away from home, I got like super like when. Abuela mashed up his guitar. Oh yeah, and he ran away. Yeah, <laughs> that's like the King Triton destroying the grotto yeah, moment. Yeah, the catalyst. That is the moment. Uh, the King Triton moment. moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then we also get to see Luca's parents, mm-hmm. which is really interesting as well. Maya Rudolph comes back. She yes. plays Daniela, his mom. Yeah, I didn't know that Maya Rudolph was. The mom? That makes so much sense. I can hear the yeah. voice now. That's yeah. crazy. And then as Luca's dad, we have Jim Gaffigan as Lorenzo. So I feel like they, you know, they're kind of like your basic pair of parents. I feel yeah, like. Yeah, they you don't know. offer that much. They like have more of a role later on that we'll like <laughs> talk yeah. about. But I don't know. As of right now, I feel like they're just your parents. She's, you know, the oh, King Oh, we Triton know that. But what, we, what we do know is that Luca has this fascination with land um and they are super against it they're like that's where you go to die yeah that's where like you have a death wish i need you to stop trying to play around near the surface because that's not like ariel yeah (laughs) you know luga is miguel meets ariel (laughs) like at this point it's kind of like these pieces these kind of puzzle pieces we've seen before in other disney pixar films Mm -hmm. um it's just how is it being told yeah like i don't have a problem with that honestly oh zero problem um i know some people got a whole new story you know yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. so we establish the fact that, you know, sea good, land bad. Mm-hmm. And then that's when we get into our next character, which is Alberto Scorfano. Alberto. He's played, oh yeah, Luca's played by... <laughs> <laughs> Luca's played by Jacob Tremblay, and Alberto is played by Jack Dylan Grazer. Yeah, Alberto is a very interesting character. Like, as soon as we meet him, he's very, like... I guess as a as a first as like a first impression characteristic very confident mm-hmm. um very sure of himself he like meets Luca well actually no when he he's like in this mask this like big scary oh yeah like suit looking oh, thing literally i'm like this is like nemo touching the butt situation yeah. i was like Luca you need to get out of there but thank goodness it was alberto and then Eventually, they both head up to land, and then we start to get like a little bit more of Alberto's personality. Um, from the get-go, Alberto is into Luca. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's for sure. just let's just clear that Band-Aid off right now. Yeah. The undertones of this film, the very obvious undertones. The, the lip bite. The the lip bite. Oh. The lip. If you've seen the movie, you know what I mean when I say Alberto's lip bite. Okay, he said, "Let me get a piece of that Luca fish." <laughs> you know what's funny though is um kind of like talking just about like the lip bite, the facial expressions. Is the animation style is like a very um 
it's like it's like a very uh, stylized for Pixar. Like it's not kind of like their yeah. usual base style, I guess. Um, it's kind of like similar to the style they had in that um, La Luna short film. Mm-hmm. But I still feel like it still fits in with everything else Pixar, and it still feels like expressive and like, yeah it know. is i've noticed that even like soul had a different animation style as well that was also stylized so yeah. i wonder if pixar's gonna start doing that i don't we haven't seen that much from turning red but i feel like even that might be a little bit stylized it's pretty stylized yeah 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 it's very like ardman in mm-hmm. its animation so yeah i'm curious to see how they kind of like differentiate that because it's always nice to see yeah something a little new yeah we come to learn that Alberto lives on the island, which I found out is called Isola del Mare, oh. which I think is just like island, island of the sea. Of the sea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and it's like thought to be haunted, I guess, by the people of Puerto Rosso. Um, but yeah, it's a pretty, uh, pretty iconic hangout. And that's kind of where they bond and they yeah. learn about Vespas. Where they learn about their love for Vespas. Yes. Now, I love that. You can't have an Italian movie without a Vespa, a yeah. Vespa reference. Honestly, I still want a Vespa. Yeah, just think, same. Yeah, this honestly just brought back just wants that all of us wanted when we were younger, I swear. But it's just, it's so cute how that kind of starts off the plot. How like right now... The plot base that we're following is that these two boys need a Vespa. They need to get to a Vespa. So they start off by trying to build their own and they build death traps multiple times. (laughs) Literally giving me anxiety. Like, I'm like, you guys are going to die. But it's Pixar, so of course they're not going to die. You kind of like see Alberto's collection um in his little tower which is you know very aerial like his kind of collection of human stuff yeah um and i just i love just like you know luca just like learning and being so amazed with it and just like you know everything's so cool and he's the dynamic's really cool too because you have this you know like kind of like scared character more timid and he's you know kind of brought out of his shell like a hermit crab yeah um that yeah. is true. And then Alberto Scorfino, which means scorpion fish. Yeah. He is very scorpion light with his little pinchers just yeah. <laughs> coming for you. <laughs> yeah. We come to learn Alberto is a very can be very jealous. Yes, he he we're gonna get to his character traits <laughs> as they come up in the plot line. So after this, Luca lets it slip that he was up at the surface because mm-hmm. he you know, he was he had his little rock creature to kind of make his chores, <laughs> you know, make it seem like he was doing his chores. Yeah. Um, but then eventually that plan fell through. Yeah. And then this is when trouble happens. Uh, so we meet Uncle Ugo, who is played by Sasha Baron Cohen and is so <coughs> random. Uncle Ugo is the scariest thing I have ever seen. Yeah. I was shook. I think like we were all scared when Uncle Ugo appeared onto the screen. I was just like, what is that? Like, yeah. I was like, are, am I, did I trip? Literally, I was like, Uncle Ugo, you need to go back to the bottom of the ocean. Do not take Luca down there before he transforms into you. Yes. <laughs> he's this, like, Is Uncle Ugo even a sea monster? Yeah, he's just like more of a, I guess like, because he lives down He looks like that death. thing in Nemo that with the light on his head. Yeah. He probably like, I don't know, fused. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's his environment, though, because that's, like, where he lives. Don't send Luca down there. (laughs) Yeah, so Daniela wants to send her son down there. um, That's actually a little dramatic. I think that's a little much. I would have done the same thing if I was Luca. Like, in Coco, when, you know, uh, Miguel's guitar got ruined and he ran away... 
I understand his parents being upset at that because it's a good, like it. They was mean, mm-hmm. really mean, but like still like whatever. But you're sending me to where Uncle Ugo turned into that. I'm getting yeah. the heck out of here. Are you kidding me? She's like trying to do it for safety, but it comes off very. It like the deep just is is comes off as like an allegory for conversion therapy essentially yeah and conversion camps and i'm like I, I like you know obviously i have a bias um so you know maybe i'm like reading too much into it but I'm not the only one that's picked up on these things so yeah yeah so you know rightfully luca's like <laughs> bye, bye. <laughs> and goes up to the surface yeah. and the change i love how they did it that first time yeah or i think the second time the first time was more kind of like frantic but yeah the second time when they kind of like slowed it down mm-hmm. and you could see like his scales changing yeah very so cool. very beautiful yeah so he's like back on land gets to alberto and he's like we gotta we gotta dip mm-hmm. we can't stay here because mom and dad and uncle ugo are coming for me <laughs> well not uncle ugo just dips he's like send him back <laughs> i don't did. want him anyways yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And um, they're like, we gotta, we gotta get out of here. And Alberto says, all right, why don't we head over to the city? They're not gonna come looking for you over there. And I was like, yes, we get to see more. I was so excited. I was like, I can't, I couldn't wait for the moment where they were gonna bring us over to the city. Mm-hmm. They kind of tease it a little bit, right? Yeah, I knew we still had a little redheaded girl to meet. So I was mm-hmm. like, you know, let's get over there. So that was really exciting how we eventually head over to Porto Rosso. And Honestly, from the minute they step over there, it's kind of like the anxiety starts because, or as soon as Alberto says, just don't get wet. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh no, you just know in the plot that they like made, they wrote, they wrote into the script so many instances where they get wet and they have to hide it. Yeah. I just, I know they're all coming and like my anxiety is just going, you know? Yeah. And um, so like the, the new goal for them is to get their Vespa so they can basically just run just away together. Run, yeah. Like, really how cute. cute is that? It's really cute. Oh, my gosh. And they need money for this. So this is when we learn about the Porto Rosso Cup, mm-hmm. which is how you can make some cha-ching and buy yourself a Vespa. Essentially, what 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 are the three... What's the, the marathon itself? Swimming, eating, and biking. Eating spaghetti. Yes. <laughs> yes. Particularly. Yes. So you got to swim... <laughs> Then you gotta eat the spaghetti, and then you gotta bike like up a hill and down. Yeah. Is it a triathlon? Is that what it's called? Yeah. I'm not a triathlon person. Yes, it is a triathlon. <laughs> okay. But before we can learn more about this, we meet Ercole. Oh my goodness! Like, what is he? <laughs> How old is he? He has to be like I think. Like I was thinking about it. I think he's probably like 23. Do you think so? I do. Because she's like, you said, he's like, I'm 16. She's like, you said that last year. And he's like, like, this he's year it's old. True. He's definitely like, like not. I think he's in his 20s. Oh my God. Like definitely. Well, leave the 13 year olds alone. <laughs> I know. Because like, I don't know. He just looks super. He has like an old man face. And like, his like, what has he got going on here? He's got a little something, something. Uh, yeah, but like his lackeys are younger too. So mm. I think they're definitely not his age. And I'm thinking like, what does he offer them? Like, I why think do they... that he's just like, like he just Everyone really hates thrives. Him. He really thrives. Honestly, like 
I want to know his backstory, but I don't, you know? Like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, don't put that energy out there. Yeah. You're going to get Air Colet <laughs> coming to Disney+. No, Plus. I want an Air Colet short, actually. I could, I could, I could chew on that. <laughs> a short I could, I could swallow. <laughs> Five even. minutes. Four minutes and 39 seconds. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, just the way that he's just so, like, involved in this cup i think that he gets a lot of pride from winning this thing so he just comes back every year Mm -hmm. and he's obviously facing children so he knows he's gonna win i don't know that's why i think there's a lot more going on to him than than we know because he obviously has issues (laughs) yeah well he's kind of gives me like gaston vibes in the sense he's well except for the fact that instead of the town loving him they all you know don't like him they're yeah. always like ugh here comes Ercole yeah but I thought um it's kind of cool because you see sort of more of like how more evil he gets like there's more like beneath it mm-hmm. that you kind of peel away as the movie goes forward which I like seeing kind of his more uh villainous side I guess yeah and then we meet Julia Julia she comes to the rescue so Ercole comes with his self and his terrible energy and he tries to push up on my boys, Luca and Alberto. And Julia, the little angel that she is, she comes through and she defends their honor, even though she doesn't even know them. And we just like get like a sense of her and her personality and kind of how she's gonna start to fit into the plot. And she's just adorable. I love Julia. She's so cute. I love the fact they got like actual kids to voice these characters too. Yes. Um, not saying like Pixar hasn't done that before, but like I know sometimes in media they don't do that depending on the age and mm-hmm. you know they get older characters. It's also but... cool because there's a lot of kids as main characters. Usually mm-hmm. it's like one. Yeah. In a Pixar movie, so the fact that they've got like you can also tell that you know when they were like recording that you could feel their energies yeah like because it's it's kid energy you know it feels super different yeah 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 she's awesome she's a great um asset to their little team Mm -hmm. um and she's the one that i think kind of gets them into the race yeah they eventually joining up as a team because we learned that julia usually does this every year by herself and i think that's really sad i kind of like i'm i'm excited we're gonna get to it there is gonna be a luca too we're gonna talk about that at the end of this um but i do want to learn a lot more about her and like you know she we she has an interesting situation like she has uh, both of her parents that are split up and mm-hmm. essentially she lives in puerto Rosso during the summer months and she goes to school when she lives with her mom I don't remember what city that is, but... Genova. In Genova, yes. Isn't that where... It's Genovia. <laughs> I thought that too, though. I was like, what? Ain't <laughs> that where Anna had the way from? <laughs> it's uh, a little... I do want to see a little bit more about, you know, her life and, and what that's like. And, you know, why does she enter this race every year by herself? Or I guess she does say that, oh, like... Oh, it's Genoa, not Genova. I'm so stupid. Genoa. Anyways, <laughs> well, I guess like we do actually learn that it's because like she's only there for the summer. She doesn't really have the time to like make friends because everyone thinks she's weird and all that. So I love that they, everyone, all three of them kind of got a little bit from that relationship, from the friendship that was building. Mm-hmm. Um, even though Alberto took a little bit more time to realize that he was benefiting from it. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was really nice to see. Yeah, I thought she was awesome. And 
yeah, just, like, a character you, like, automatically root for. Because, yeah, she's, like, a character that should be wallowing in self-pity, but she's not. And I love that so much. Mm-hmm. She's also a child. You have a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> for, you have a lot more. You're not de- fully depressed yet when you're <laughs> when you're a kid. I just love her little, like, her little co-ops. Like, you know, like, your reign of terror is over. And then he, like, he, like, yeah. repeats her because she said it, like, many times. I love and... that she's always, like, Santa Maria. Yeah. Or Santa Mozzarella. She... Santa Mozzarella. Santa Sa- Santa Ricotta. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, I love her. She's so funny. Um, and then um, we head over to Julia's house and we meet Massimo. Massimo. Massimo is Julia's father and he is scary, scary dude. <laughs> He's big, scary dude with one arm. He's a mountain. We learn. Legs. Yeah. We learn he is a sea monster like hunter or whatever so that that's upping my anxiety even more for alberto and luca and you know even when they were there for dinner like they had a little moment where they got some like water mm-hmm. on them and i was like oh no it's starting and then the cat notices yeah. machiavelli <laughs> and it's like okay like here here it goes here we're starting and yeah Machiavelli deserves to be like you know the Disney dog collection. Yeah. Like we need to add Machiavelli to the Disney cats collection. Oh yes, yes, yes. I just yes. love that they give him the fish or her the fish, yeah. them the fish, and them the fish. They just it's so cute. Yeah. I love too. Um. So like they 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 need to come up with a way to save up to enter into the Portoroso Cup. Yeah. And I love that. So, you know, because they're sea monsters, they, they're able to tell Massimo, like, where all the great fishing spots are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love, like, the relationship with, like, Massimo, and especially with Alberto, but with yes. Luca as well. It just, it flips in a way you wouldn't expect it to. Yeah. And I love it. It really does. I didn't realize how much of an influence Massimo was going to have on the plot and directly on their characters. And even like with Alberto, you you see Massimo developing um, an attachment specifically to him, which is like really nice because, you know, Alberto has like mentioned his father, but we know his father is absent, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like nice to see that, you know, even though he may not realize it, that he does have someone that is kind of developing love for him in that way and, and, and is watching over them, which he does prove at the end of the film. And we'll, we'll get to that, too. I love mm. saying that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that, too. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a great way to set it up because I think, you know, um, Alberto and Luca form this really great friendship, but he becomes so obsessed not obsessed but he becomes very like possessive of Luca when Julia comes into the mix yeah um, and like you know it's important that he had that relationship with Massimo well um I guess like speaking of Luca and Julia it was like really I loved seeing them start to bond and all the things that Julia was like teaching him um starting like with uh it was really funny like Alberto taught Luca that all the stars in the sky are fish Mm -hmm. and julia's like okay come i gotta (laughs) i gotta show you something and then that's when it all starts and you know he learns about astronomy and space and then he learns about knowledge and school and books and you start to see like like his brain is now like being fed all of this stuff that i guess you know you don't even realize they've been deprived of under the water and it's just really cool to like see his brain start ticking and all the things that he's he's learning about and seeing them bond in a different way that we've seen 
uh, Luca and Alberto bond. And then when Alberto comes in, oh, he is not happy. Yeah. He's like, give me my men back. He doesn't <laughs> yeah. swing that way. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, this is, you know, she's telling you nonsense. Like, what I'm telling you is true. They're fish, I tell you. They're yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then it's really funny, like, once that starts to happen, we really start to see an ugly side of Alberto's personality. It's just thinking, like, all of this is definitely stemming from the fact that he feels he has to be a certain way because his father abandoned him. Like, mm-hmm. that's what it all stems down to. And just kind of, like, sad to see. Like, at first I was kind of annoyed with Alberto, but then I was like, no. Like, he is obviously a very hurt and abused child, and... You know, I guess Luca is like the first thing that he's really had and cared for since his father abandoned him. And to see that kind of slowly slip away to Julia Mm -hmm. was just like, no, like, stop thinking about her. Stop thinking about school. Stop thinking about all the stuff that she told you because those aren't balls of gas. Those are fish, whatever. Like, you're mine. He starts to become possessive. And then we get to a really intense scene. Oh, yes. The reveal. The reveal. So Luca lets it spill to Alberto that he wants to go to school. Um, and by the way, I saw someone like on TikTok post it and like Alberto's face in the background when he's like, we want to go to school. It's like this look of like sadness and disappointment when Luca says that. And yeah. like someone zoomed into that and I was like, oh my God, my heart. Like they went through the effort of putting that in there. Yeah. And that's when he loses it, man. And Alberto, he's like, do you accept all kinds of people at your school? Even yeah. sea monsters? And then that's when Alberto decides to go all like honestly that shot was kind of cool when he yeah. like when he transformed into a sea monster and it was all like Wah. and that's the first time that Pixar depicted the sea monsters as something like scary like mm-hmm. usually like they're just like fun little creatures or whatever but like we're starting to see like or he's essentially showing Julia and and uh Ercole and his homies who they were in the corner somewhere <laughs> Um, yeah, they didn't see that it was Elbert. Yeah, they didn't but... see those. Yeah, but they saw like the depiction of sea monsters that they assume as a city. And oh, uh, Luca, when oh, when Luca said sea monster, oh, yeah. my heart dropped. I was like, no, yeah. you guys are just fighting. <laughs> You'll yeah. get over it. <laughs> uh, no, honestly, I think the part that hurt the most was. When Alberto was like, Luca, like, you really just did that? Like, it wasn't, there was no anger. It was just, just not even disappointment. I think he felt abandoned again. Yeah. Like, like, this is the exact same feeling that he felt when his dad left him. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot to unpack, honestly speaking. Yeah. And what, what I love too is like, obviously Julia was scared like, because of the circumstances of how he, you know, revealed himself and stuff. But yeah, um, like when, when Luca's back at her house and they're talking about it and she finds out that he's also a sea monster. Yeah. It's so sad because it's, it's, she cares so much about him and she wants him to be safe, but like she doesn't want him to go because like th- that's her friend, you know? Yeah. And so is Alberto to her too, I think. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot there, but then we skip But ahead. she knows that was Alberto. Yeah. Yeah, because she saw him... As she thing, knows as, it was him. Yeah. As soon as she saw him transform, she knew that Luca was also a sea monster. I th- I guess so. I'd, like, I, th- I feel like she just needed the confirmation and, and when 
Cause she didn't she purposely spray him with water? Yeah, she like threw water on. Yeah, him. she like she she probably thought like oh shit like he's probably a sea monster too. And I'm gonna have to deal with that when I go. Home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, I think just like that enough was you know she's built so much trust and so much love for them that like obviously the sea monsters aren't the creatures that we always thought they were. So I I loved seeing her try to help Luca like you know he has to leave and 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 even though she really wants to win the race like it's it's him and Alberto's lives that come first and mm-hmm. she's like you need to get out of the city what are you doing here like you know who my father is are you crazy yeah so I just really love seeing that love come through yeah yeah same felt very authentic and um like the next time we see Alberto is when he comes back in the race, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the race was very intense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Julie is competing by herself, and so is Luca now. Yeah. <laughs> Much to... She she does not want him to be competing, obviously, because, you know, swimming yeah. is a part or of Or actually, before that, before we even get into that, we, like, we see Luca actually goes back to alberto's island and oh we yeah. learn a little bit more about how long luca uh, alberto's been alone and i didn't count the tallies i don't know if you know the number but it's been mm-hmm. a long time yeah like it's been a long time i know that they were like i'm just doing a rough estimate it's got to be at least like three four five months yikes that he's been alone which is really depressing to see so that really just like flips a switch for Luca and then he's headed to the race to compete to he's back on track he's back for the Vespa he needs him and his buddy they need to get out of here that's yeah. what that's what the goal is so oh uh, it's just it's it's so stressful and so cute mm-hmm. and just so many things are uh, so many emotions like you want him to win but you want him to get out of there you know yeah I thought it was super smart how they brought back the... Um, the suit? The suit, yeah. Yeah. So he could, you know, go undetected. But then it breaks and you're like, no! It, I know. When he made it to the spaghetti, I was like, thank goodness. Yeah. It was like, my heart. Ugh. And then he makes it to the spaghetti. And then the biking, like, that is... He goes off. He goes off. I was like, damn, Luca, the way he was up there just yeah. zoom, zoom, zooming. Like, let's go to Soul Cycle, buddy. <laughs> And then, of course, it starts to rain. Oh, yes. <laughs> I was like, wait, I was, it was really funny because I thought the swimming was going to be the last thing because it's water and now that, that's obviously like the big thing. I didn't even realize precipitation could still happen. So, mm-hmm. like, I was like, how are they going to, I guess, like, the biking is what Luca's been prepping for. So it makes sense that they made that the last part of the race. But, like, what's going to be the reveal? And then it starts to rain. And I'm like, oh, like, of course and then alberto comes out and he trips or whatever and he gets revealed oh my gosh my heart stopped (laughs) he comes with the umbrella and yes like it was just honestly speaking from the point that that whole like luca reveals um alberto like the emotions were high and anything was i was trigger ready like anything that slightly emotional that happened from that point forward i was going <laughs> like by the end of yeah. the race i was dry heaving like <laughs> literally sobbing they um they they did a really good job with the reveal um so like luca's under you know he's protected from the rain and alberto's being thrown in a net by the townspeople or air or both yeah anyway and luca 
he decides he's gonna go and save his friend, and he lets the rain pour on him. Let the rain pour down and make my dreams. Let it wash away my sanity. <laughs> and he reveals himself. Yes. And saves Alberto. Oh my gosh, I love it. Oh, uh, just the the music swells, and it's just the reveal. The, the slow music motion. is so good. Just like a, a quick shout out to the to the soundtrack, to the score. Yeah. Amazing. One hundred percent. Amazing. But yeah, and then at the end, when Ercole's ugly ass decides he wants to come up and and kill, he he says, "Look, like sea monsters, like kill them, whatever. Like, what are you guys doing?" Um, I love that it was Massimo that came over and was yes. like, "This is Luca and Alberto. Well, I cried. The winners. I cried. I cried. The tears were they coming were down. They were going. They were going. The way he worded it, he was like." <laughs> I know who they are. Yeah! No! I was, oh my God, I'm going to oh. cry. <laughs> I'm going to cry right now. <laughs> Literally. Uh, we, we see Luca's parents. They, I guess they've, they've been bopping around the city the whole time. We didn't yeah. even really talk about them, but whatever. They had a moment where they were like kicking kids into the fountain. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of it though. <laughs> <laughs> then they revealed themselves. And then there were a couple other sea monsters that revealed themselves. Yeah. So it's like kind of cool to see that like sea monsters have been like going up to the thing and just like hanging with the humans. So yeah, I hope that now it'll be really cool to like see them. Oh, I assume in the sequel they'll probably mesh a little bit more. Yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah. I just thought it was really cool that those two old ladies were just kind of like at the end. I thought they were. For a second, I thought everyone was about to like. (laughs) Can you imagine? I was like, whoa, but. Arcole, he's like, I'm a hypocrite. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) And then we're not done yet because we have one final heartbreaking scene so they get their vespa Mm -hmm. and then they go to say goodbye to julie at the train station and then uh, alberto goes up to luca and he says you're going with her and alberto luca says you're coming and he said no you know how we got the money for that ticket how alberto sold the vespa oh my god I can't. I can't. From that point, it was just a stream of tears. I was, it was, it was over. How will I know if you're okay? You got me off the island, Luca. I'm okay. (laughs) The train pulls out. (sighs) The rain pours down. The the rain pours down. The The, score. Literally, I can't. It was just a mess. A mess. Yeah. It was just, it was crazy. And, and I it. loved, I love that essentially like Massimo like adopted yes, Alberto. Yes. So now they're just like, they're in it forever. That's Julia's brother now. Yeah. It's so cute. And it just, that makes me really happy. Cause it's like, they're not, it's not like it's, you know, goodbye forever. Mm-hmm. Definitely not. I loved seeing the end credits and the, the drawings that they had that mm-hmm. sort of continued the story, but them in school and, and yeah, they even showed yeah. like Massimo and what was happening like back home. Yeah. And- it's uh, like, again, Pixar just warms your heart. They're going to make yeah. you sob and then just like give you a nice warm towel to put around your heart. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, for me, this film really, really felt like like classic Pixar. It just um, one thing I didn't really touch on that much was the the dream sequences. I love that. Yeah. His dream sequences when he's flying and and with the fish in the sky and yeah. just the music and everything. So beautiful. Um, and the flute. When I hear that flute, I was just like, yo, 
lit. Yo. Um, yeah, honestly, this is probably one of my favorite Pixar films for the last couple of years. Oh, same. Um, it's definitely up there for me in overall Pixar films. Yeah, same. Definitely. It's so good. And I see a lot of the criticisms people have been having with it is, oh, it's it's very simple, very whatever. I'm fine with that. I don't think every movie needs to have huge stakes. Yeah. Um, and for what it's worth, I mean, their lives are at risk. So I don't really know what people are saying about, about yeah. low stakes, you know, like... <laughs> Yeah, they're literally either fighting for their lives, man. Yeah. And I think, um, well, first, what are your, yeah. I was going to go into the LGBT stuff, but we should finish our overall thoughts. I yeah, guess. yeah. Um, I thought the movie was fantastic. I was surprised at how much that I liked it. Not that I thought that it wasn't going to be a good movie, but it's, like, right up there with how I feel about Coco. And I, I like, kind of got the same feeling and and vibe from it that i got from coco and coco was is my favorite pixar movie so i was pleasantly surprised i loved how they did the entire story and i think like it's just it's one of those movies that sits really well Mm -hmm. i love pixar movies that just sit so well and pixar is really good for that so i just they to well i'm not going to give my number yet but chef's kiss yeah, I should have known that I would like connect with it too because it's another aquatic Disney film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> naturally. <laughs> also, I kind of wanted to touch on the fact that for me personally, um, in my rating and my review and just my experience watching this film, the LGBT undertones um, were very prevalent to me. And I mean, even if it's just coincidence and just that's how I perceived it. Yeah. Um, I'm not trying to like force an opinion on anybody or whatever. That's just how I saw the film. And I think that also um, like factors into my enjoyment of it because I think that just really like resonated with me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like if Disney um, chooses to kind of explicitly um, do LGBT representation in this direction, it would be great. Yeah. So I'd love to see more of that. Oh, but. definitely. I really liked how... And, like, the thing is, is that with LGBTQ representation, it doesn't have to be a big dramatic thing. Mm-hmm. It could literally just be the story, but, you know, you just know that the characters, you just know what their sexuality is. Mm-hmm. That's all it has to be. It doesn't have to be, you know, a big dramatic love story. It doesn't have to be, oh, like... I love this man or I love this like it doesn't have to be like that at all it's just who these people are and people just want to see you know themselves on the big screen that's that's really all it is and especially having this film with such like younger protagonists Mm -hmm. um, like it keeps it very innocent you know and I think that that's totally fine and I think that's great to introduce that to kids as well yeah Um, so yeah exactly also I'm sure the film like resonates well with kids that are feeling the exact same thing yeah because obviously like these are not things that you just randomly start going through as you get older you feel this way your entire life until you feel like you can truly be yourself and feel represented and understand the world that you're living in so i'm sure so many kids have like they don't even realize it but they're just like get so much comfort from the film yeah yeah, that'd be, like, amazing to, to hear people's perspectives of it, like, in yeah. the future once, you know, they're growing up and, and kind of see where that goes. Mm-hmm. And I'm also very curious to see if they continue with the sequel and, and add more stories, if they, you know, kind of listen to fan feedback. And I feel like a lot of people have interpreted it the same way that we have. Yeah. Um, most people, like, on, you know, TikTok and stuff. <laughs> so um, we'll see what happens. But. Yeah. Just really quickly, like, w- going into the Pixar theory... 
Um, as we're getting all these new Pixar films, like we have to make sure that they all fit into this theory if we are going to back it as yes. a podcast. So kind of some like theories that I've been hearing on how, as to how it fits. Though like the big thing is the sea monsters. How do these monsters exist? We've already like pulled from thin air to like figure out how the monsters ink world exists and and how supers exist and, and all that jazz. So it's like why now there's a new type of monster we have to justify, like how on earth? Mm-hmm. And honestly, like turning red's gonna give me an aneurysm, but we're gonna get to that when it comes. <laughs> but essentially what I've been seeing is that kind of like the the existence of sea monsters comes from essentially they're a super okay so the super or whatever the first super to essentially have the capability to turn into a sea monster that's that's what it that's what it is essentially a super a super with that ability and then eventually i guess two, maybe two of them were made and they <laughs> <laughs> and they procreated and made it and made life that was one thing i heard but i also had heard that that they are from the monster world and they have been uh, banished through the Monsters, Inc. doors to the Italian Riviera. Because we've seen in Monsters, Inc., we've seen many of the different monsters banished. Like, example, the Abominable Snowman. Mm-hmm. So the idea is that, like, once a, a monster is banished into the human world, us as humans, we are now cognizant of that type of monster. So, like, the Abominable Snowman, um, uh, the Loch Ness Monster would classify uh, sea monsters would be another great example. Um, so that kind of makes sense. But then the question is, why are so many of these monsters, why have they been banished? And why are there in such high quantities that they're able to, like, sustain life? Yeah, there's quite you a know? few of them. And are they only in the Italian Riviera? Yeah, yeah. That's another good question. And if they're a monster, as opposed to a super, do they just, like, is there skill that they can transform into Into humans? humans? <laughs> There's honestly like, there's a lot that we still need. I to definitely can vibe off. like I the vibe I vibe with like the connection of the monsters being banished. Yeah, I feel like there's there's that. something there. Yeah, so I'm I'm holding on to that. And then also another just like little theory that I thought I'm not gonna expend or extend the entire theory because it's kind of stupid in my opinion. But the first part of the theory I kind of like, um, and essentially it's that. Alberto's father is a human and that's why he lives on land because he was abandoned on land you know if his father was a sea monster why wouldn't he abandon him in the ocean yeah and I think he said that him and his dad both lived in that tower yeah right yeah and he's so exactly he's very used to to human land um I've heard that the um there's a theory of Alberto's mother being a sea monster, fell in love with Alberto's dad, um, but she ended up dying for mm. whatever reason. We don't know why. There's a big statue of a dead sea monster in the middle of Puerto Rosso. That's all we know. But that also would kind of make sense. Like if Alberto's father was a human, like with a sea monster wife, maybe they lived on that island. But then wouldn't Alberto look a little different? Because he looks like any other sea monster that... Yeah, but he's... Like, sea monsters, they either look like a sea monster... They're a sea monster or or they're a human. Like, they have... I guess, eh? You know, either or. (laughs) 
I don't know what what half human, half sea monsters look like, man. <laughs> sea monsters are already like half human, half sea monsters. So. Yeah, that's true. I have no idea. Maybe like he has a little bit more human capabilities. So I think that like sea monsters have the capability of becoming humans, mm-hmm. but maybe he has like something a little bit more human about him that we just don't know yet. I don't know. That's for Luca too. That's for Luca too. There's still a lot more to explore, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. And then there's like some nonsense about um, Alberto's father being a car in oh. cars, but <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to get into that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a working theory. You know? It's a working theory. <laughs> Okay, so Luca, I enjoyed this film a lot. I think it has a high replay value. It made me cry, it made me laugh, it made me happy, it gave me the warm fuzzies. I just feel like this is classic Pixar in a new way, you know? Um, I just loved everything about it, the animation. It was just great. So I'm going to give it, you know, I really want to give it like a 10, but the thing is I don't want to give out 10s that easy. (laughs) So I'm gonna He's give one it, of those critics. I'm gonna give it a really, really solid nine and a half out of ten. If Brayden was a teacher, he would never give you an A plus. <laughs> Just understand that. <laughs> okay, I like that though. I like that nine nine point five. That's one of the highest ratings you've ever given on the podcast. So that's dope. I'm still figuring it out. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm still figuring it out. Figuring it out too. Um, I absolutely am in love with the film. I had a great time watching it. Like you said, it made me go through all the emotions and I just thought it started on a great note, ended on an even better note. And like just the fact that I thought that we weren't going to get something that was going to come close to Coco in a long time mm-hmm. and or at least for a while. And like they they knocked out like Luca. So I think it's safe to say that there's a lot more good stuff coming our way and I'm excited. So I would give it a, I'm gonna give it a 10. A 10. I'm gonna give it a 10. Okay. You know what, life is short. I'm not gonna sit here and, and be rough around the edges. So <sighs> I'm gonna give it a 10. I enjoyed every aspect of it. I thought the perf- the story was perfectly told and I r- highly recommend to everybody. Well, that's it for our discussion on Pixar's Luca. We hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as we did talking about it. Please be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Apple. Spotify. Spotify. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Spill and Tea. And if you'd like to share your thoughts with us on today's episode, please be sure to shoot us an email at spillandisteapodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to rate us and leave us a review. It really, really helps us out. And share this with all your friends and Disney fanatics. It's free and helps us out a lot. Um, you can also reach us individually. Myself at Sakura MJ. And you can reach me at Braden Rosman on Instagram and at Braden C. Rosman on Twitter. Thank you for tuning in, and until next time, play, play us out, Zach. Zach. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs>